Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Narrow Gate Podcast. This is the Salvation Series Part 6. The purpose of the Salvation Series is to show people what it looks like to be saved by Jesus, the information about Jesus as salvation and the way to take away sins, and he died on the cross and came back from the dead. All of that is very common knowledge, especially to church cultures and cultures where people are taught that. But many in modern days, most of the time when people say, well, I was saved by Jesus because I raised my hand from an invitation inside a church service. I prayed a prayer and the person on stage told me that I'm good to go for eternity. I'm going to heaven when I die. Now, we don't see that in the Bible. And so the purpose of this podcast is to show people uh, in contrast to what is supposed to be the experience in modern times, what that salvation in Jesus actually looks like. So it's kind of like a safari of people being saved by Jesus before and after his ascension into heaven. And the common denominator is belief in Jesus and repentance in Jesus. And we're going we're gonna to talk more about that today as we go into it. Today we're going to look at a chapter in Acts chapter, uh, sorry, a section of scripture called Acts chapter 8. And it's a very fascinating passage. It can be very confusing to people. And a lot of people have taken this section of scripture way out of proportion into um, theologically incorrect ways. And today I'm going to shed some light as to what the passage itself says. So without further ado, let's read this part of Acts chapter 8. Says, therefore, those who had been scattered, that means from the church of Jerusalem, went about preaching the word. Now, let me give you a, a, a timeline here, a historical timeline. Uh, Jesus had ascended to heaven. The disciples had been given supernatural power to preach to people all over the known world at that time in different languages. They began preaching Jesus, uh, repentance and baptism, and belief in Jesus as the only way to heaven. And many people came to know Jesus. They became a persecutor in the church from a guy named Saul. Persecution came from him. He persecuted the the Christians, and they all scattered around. So now it's, it was an opportunity, as much as it seems like it could be a tragic disaster for the early church, it actually was a great opportunity for uh, the gospel of Jesus to be spread around the ancient world, starting from Jerusalem, going outward. So now verse, this next verse is Philip, that was one of the apostles, went down to a city called Samaria and began proclaiming Jesus to them. Samaria was famous back then for being a place of what they called mixed Jews, where um, Jews uh, in before, it's a big historical to do, I'm not going to go too much into it, but basically they intermarried with other people. That's a big no-no, especially back then for the Jewish culture, who was called by God to basically not intermingle and intermarry with other people. But now with the gospel, the gospel is available, uh, the, the good news of Jesus' of salvation is available to everyone in the world, and the apostles are soon going to realize that, starting with people who are part Jew. It's not just for the Jews. So Philip proclaimed Jesus to the people of Samaria. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the miraculous signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had demonic spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in the city. Now there was a man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city and astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming, claiming to be someone great. And they all, from the smallest to the greatest, were giving attention to him saying, this man is what is called the great power of God. And they were giving him attention because had for a long time he had astonished them with his magic arts. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon himself believed. 
And after being, after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and he observed signs and great miracles taking place from Philip, and he was constantly amazed. Now when the other apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them, the people of Samaria, that is. They prayed for the people of Samaria, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give this, author give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to them, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or portion in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Therefore repent of this wickedness of yours, and pray that the Lord, if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. But Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me yourselves, so that nothing of what you said may come upon me. This is a really interesting section of scripture. Very, very interesting and very misunderstood. So let me give you the gist. The people of Samaria were believing, uh, seeing the power of God through Philip. They were believing in the information of the gospel, and they were being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, and including this guy who had done magical arts of some sort. And now the apostles, Peter and John, wanted to see if the whole thing was legit. They recognized that people were believing, but the Holy Spirit wasn't on them yet. Now, the Holy, the Holy Spirit being in someone, the Holy Spirit being upon someone and in someone is a sign that they are truly saved. So, what is, so why did they have to have the laying on of hands? Now, I think a lot of people have said, oh, that's how people are saved. They need people to lay hands on them. Well, we haven't seen that in any other part of Scripture at all. Um, and, and that's not a principle. It's not even a way that the first Gentiles were saved by Jesus as well. That means non-Jewish people. And it's not even the way that the apostles and the disciples had received the Holy Spirit. Now, if you look at this situation, it's not a second outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's not a laying on of hands. What the situation is, the situation what really seems to have occurred because God wanted to point out something extremely important. He wanted to point out that there is one person among them who does not have a repentant heart. So he used this circumstance for to differentiate between people who just believe in the information and people who are repentant. So every time Peter and John lay hands on the people who were repentant, which means, um, which means they wanted to stop sinning, the repentant people, they believed and were baptized already, but their repentant hearts revealed that they can receive the Holy Spirit. What does repentance mean? Repentance means they wanted to stop sinning. They recognize that their sin is the issue of getting in between them and Jesus and, and, and receiving the Holy Spirit and, and obtaining salvation for eternity. Repentant people see that their sin is the problem, not just their belief. And, and so in this case, those people receive the Holy Spirit. The, Samarit, the people of Samaria that were also repentant receive the Holy Spirit because you look at the one person, especially the person that was the most notable among them, um, who did not have a repentant heart. He didn't want to stop sin. He didn't, he didn't see that sin was the issue. He only thought of belief and information as the issue. The unrepentant man was the one that, according to Peter, has no part or portion in the matters of God. For, the, for his heart was not right before God. So, I think most people need to ignore this, what seems like a second 
outpouring of the Holy Spirit or, um, or a laying on of hands. Um, and people need to pay more attention to the fact that Peter pointed, God used Peter and John to reveal that there was an unrepentant person among the believers of Samaria. The, now and then they the people who were repentant received the blessing of John and and Peter to be able to receive the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. And it really seems like that's the main purpose of this whole situation, since this is a unique situation of salvation in the Bible and also in history. Now, if you look at the Old Testament, most people turn to God and receive salvation from God by being repentant. They believed that no matter what God was going to do, that God was the way that they'd be saved. And that, But the main thing was they recognized my sin is the issue and I need to want to stop it and want God to take care of it. Now, God hadn't provided the way to take care of that yet because that was through Jesus when Jesus came down and died on the cross for everyone's sins to pay the cost that God said the cost was for that for everyone's sins to be forgiven. So, but when your heart is not right, when you're like, my sin's not the issue, I just want to believe, you have no part in the matter of God and in salvation. So in this circumstance, which is unique, again, I'm going to say this again, forget any thought of a second outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Forget the laying on of hands as the way of salvation. No, you need to have a repentant heart, a heart that says, I want to stop sinning. That's the main issue. I've already sinned. I need help from God for that. Oh, Jesus is the way to deal with my sin, I believe in Jesus as that way to deal with my sin. Once you get to that point in your heart, if your heart is right before God in, term, in dealing with sin and, and in believing in Jesus, you have a part in salvation. You will receive the Holy Spirit of God and you will be saved forever. Until that point, you are just like many people, too many people are just like this Simon the Sorcerer who they believed in the information. Now, obviously, he, he couldn't help but see it. There were signs associated with it. He believed and he liked it. He believed in the information and he liked the whole cause and the whole movement, but his heart was not right in terms of sin being the main issue between us and God. And even after uh, Peter addressed him, he even said, pray to the Lord for me yourselves. It's like he just, he just wanted help from people. He just wanted to be fine, but he didn't want to turn to God. So this is a very fascinating situation. So again, I'm going to say it again. The point, the point is your heart needs to want to stop sin, sinning. You have to recognize the main issue, sin between you and God, not just believing in Jesus. That's a part of it. If you never hear the information about Jesus, you will never believe it. But you need to believe in Jesus is the only way to take away the sins you've done. You also have to want to stop sinning because that's getting in the way of you and God. And that's a, this is a very important passage, um, and it's a very unique circumstance. And I think God, it really seems like that God used this unique circumstance to point out legitimate salvation and illegitimate salvation in a very unique way. And I hope this answers some questions for people because uh, a lot of beliefs and thoughts out there have just gotten blown way out of proportion in terms of uh, this passage, thinking that you need to have your need to be laid on with hands from some special Christian, or there's a second outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We don't see that as a principle anywhere else. All you can see here is that the ratting out of someone who's unrepentant in the midst of believers. Um, and it really, I think it really saved the community out there. It showed legitimacy. And also, and we're going to learn in the next uh, part of this 
podcast series that it really taught Philip to make sure to, um, with the sense of the, with the power of the Holy Spirit, to understand who's truly believing in Jesus and who's truly not. And that's what we're going to do next time in this series, and that's going to be part seven. Uh, it's going to be Philip and the Ethiopian. It's another famous passage with a really cool paranormal twist at the end. Um, or I should just say extra special twist. Not really paranormal, but just kind of cool. If you like teleportation and superhuman acts like that, um, that can only really be performed by God, you're going to like the next one. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I hope this really helps clear up some misinformation, um, some incorrect theology, um, as well as helps you understand what it takes, what you have to get your heart to understand in order to be saved by Jesus. Jesus.